0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year.
1: This is a year that I pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. one of those things that's so easily taken for granted, but when you look around the world and look at what's the alternative, God has truly blessed us as people. You know, just uh, this is just a little precursor in just giving of thanks for those that have sacrificed their life for our, our freedoms. Obviously, just this past week, we've had such a tragic event take place down in Texas. You know, once again, innocent lives have been lost at the hand of somebody that was just not right. You know, and again, this is just a side thought. Uh, I realize that we grieve and we mourn with the families that have lost their children. And we speak of the individual that committed this horrible act as being evil. And it was an evil act, but there's something that we also glaze over it. And that is the fact that this young man, 18 years old, had to have been hurting tremendously on the inside. There must have been some tremendous pain in him that caused him to do something so horrific with no regard to his own life. And so, once again, there's a lot of people that are hurting in this nation. And we can look to so many things as to solutions. We can be quick with our comments and response and our opinions. But the fact of the matter is that you cannot legislate this kind of problem away. Whatever the problem is, you cannot legislate it away. The reality is, is that people need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And they say, well, if we just pass a bill. No, the answer is Jesus. He is the one that ultimately sacrificed his life so that we could experience the true freedom of life and life more abundantly. It's the love of God, the extension of God's love that he sent Jesus. And that is the answer. It's love. Amen. So, praise God. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful weekend to just be able to remember our freedoms and celebrate those that have served our nation. I know we've got several in here. I know Carl has served. Larry, you served, didn't you, as well? I know my father has served as well. Anybody else? Military? You served in military? Marines? Is that what you'd... Navy. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I don't know why I thought Navy. anybody else serve in the military? We got four individuals. Gary, he, he served? Oh wonderful. Awesome. No wonder he's he's still got that military look going on. No wonder he kind of like scares you when you look at him like hoorah. <laughs> so anyways, thank you, gentlemen and ladies that you're and, and all that are watching, thank you for serving and sacrificing your life and your time. And just being able to defend our nation. We appreciate you so much. Amen. Well, are you ready to get into this series this morning? It is the final message of this series, and it's simply been entitled Factory Reset. And we've had a little bit of a prop here that just says, you know, if we all just had a button, that we could just hit the button and have a factory reset. And if you recall, we said in regards to a factory reset, it's to refer back to the original design of how God made us, right? If we could come to the realization as to how God made us and how there is an original design and the way that God designed us is to the perfection that He created us. And if you've been paying attention over the last several weeks, we've been talking about some things specifically, one, in regards to your thoughts, but secondly, and most importantly, the words in which you speak. Your words are so important to help you come to a place of identifying who you are and operating in the place of what God actually designed you or how He designed you to be. If you've ever had something that came with a warranty, you came in and it says something to the effect that this is the factory uh, regulations as to this particular product. And then it says if you uh, hamper with or mess with any of these things on the thing that you purchased, then your warranty is void. Why? Because you've changed or modified what has happened or what it was originally created to be and to do. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? And so for us, God has made us in such a way that our words create our world. And if you don't understand that or pay attention to that, you'll find that some of the things that you say or the way in which you think that ultimately produces your words... You can void the warranty. Amen? I said, you can void the warranty. Now, that doesn't mean that you lose your salvation or that you no longer are a child of God... But everything that Jesus came to do, he said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now, he said, the thief does come to steal, kill, and destroy. And therefore, if we don't guard our words and pay attention to the words in which we speak, we void the warranty of life and life more abundantly, and we allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's so important for us to understand the significance of our words. And so, therefore, we're going to finish up this morning dealing with how significant and how important that our words are. And so, once again, if we act like our design, the way that God designed us, we'll get God kind of results. Speaking is the design of the kingdom of God, or it is the principle, or we could say it this way, it is the spiritual law that operates the kingdom of God. And so, therefore, if we'll learn to operate within the kingdom parameters or the way that we were designed, we will begin to experience God results in our life. Amen? And oftentimes, we are experiencing or uh, there are results in our life that we don't necessarily like. And we ask ourselves, why is it that way? How come this is happening? Why does this seem to be always happening? Uh, Going on over here. And what we find is that oftentimes. Our words have created the very things that we don't desire in our own lives. Have you ever noticed that when it comes to strife and contention within your home. Between a husband and wife. Did you ever notice that a smile and a hug and a kind word. Never generates conflict within a home. Did you ever notice that? How do you get conflict or Uh, disgruntled behavior within a home it's through disgruntled words that you've spoken right (laughs) amen and you know uh, my wife I like to pick on my wife you know she's not one to be one of conflict you know I I tend to be the one that's a little bit more hard-headed but isn't it funny you know when you get into a conversation with your spouse sometimes you're just looking for well you're just looking for a fight you know what I mean And so you might say something, and it don't get the response that you want because you're ready for a fight. So then you just say something else, and it don't get the response you want, but you're ready for a fight. So you just push it a little bit further to the point where you push them beyond the point of being quiet, and now it's on, right? Why? Because your words have created some things within your home. Now, don't look at me that way as though I'm the only one that has ever been like that because I know how you are. <laughs> Amen. Does that make sense? So our words are what creates Things Within our lives and unfortunately we are so unaware oftentimes of the design of how God made us and therefore we're not experiencing the God kind of life we're experiencing oftentimes hell on earth and we're thinking dear God why is this and oftentimes it's because of the words that we've allowed ourselves to speak therefore creating the scenery that we see amen. All right. so to continue with this, I've shared with you for the last few weeks and for whatever reason I just could not get out of the first three chapters of the book of John because there were so many rich uh, nuggets that we could extract from here. But if you recall last week we talked about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a leader and a teacher of the Jews. He he taught the word of God, John chapter 3. He taught the word of God, and then Jesus, or he comes to Jesus, and he begins to ask questions. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again. And as Jesus explains the kingdom of God to him, the Bible tells us that Nicodemus just did not get it. He just didn't get it. In fact, even Jesus says to him, he says, how come I can talk to you about natural things And you don't understand. He said, if you don't understand natural things, how in the world do you think you're going to understand kingdom things? Heavenly things, right? He said, you're just not getting it, Nicodemus. But now let me ask you the question. And this is important. I'm going to take a minute to go on a rabbit trail. But it's important that you see this because there's a significant principle in this that I want you to see. Even though Nicodemus did not understand Everything that Jesus was trying to express to him, Jesus is doing his best to share the gospel with Nicodemus. He says, now you can be born again. Nicodemus is saying, I'm sorry, I just don't get it. Just because Nicodemus did not understand all the facts or everything didn't necessarily make sense to him or maybe the light bulb didn't come on, does that disqualify him from receiving salvation? Not at all. In fact, for many of us, we don't have a clue what we don't know. In fact, we hear the gospel and something resonates on the inside and you're like, "I I need Jesus. I don't know why I need Jesus. I know I don't want to go to hell and I don't understand all the stuff in that Bible thing. But I just know that I need Jesus, and I want to ask Jesus into my heart. So once again, we can understand that just because we don't understand everything, we can partake of spiritual or kingdom truths or realities, right? Now, how could Nicodemus receive or become born again, even though he didn't understand everything? Well, we see it over in Romans chapter 10. The Bible says, he says, the word of faith, or it's the word in which we preach. Him crucified, right? And he says, now, with the heart, man believes. But does it stop there? No, it says, with the heart, man believes, and confession is made unto salvation. So that means that even though Nicodemus may not have understood everything, if he came to the place and says, I need Jesus, all he needed to do was to believe and confess or speak Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he would become born again, right? Isn't it interesting that what caused him to go from a position separated from God was to operate the God design and confess or speak, and therefore he received salvation and became born again or received Christ. Amen? And as I said, many of us have been in that same place. Now, I said I want you to see something here. Now, with that being said, or in light of what I just shared with you, look at what Jesus said. He's still having a conversation with Nicodemus. But in John chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, notice what it says here. Jesus says, for everyone, now this is the King James, so it's kind of got some of the Elizabethan verbiage in here. It says, but for everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Let's just stop there for a moment. There was two places where the Bible says doeth or to do. The first one was to say he who does evil or doeth evil rejects the light. He said, but he that does truth receives the light. Now, here's the interesting thing. Because when you look at those words, you would think they mean the exact same thing. But they mean totally different things. Because the first part of the scripture where it says, do evil hates the light. That word do is somebody that practices or it's a matter of their lifestyle. They just continually do it. This is who they've become. They practice it. They carry it out. They continue to live it this way. They're a doer of evil. Does that make sense? The second one that says, he that does truth is not somebody that has made it a lifestyle. It's somebody that has just purposed to do it. In other words, okay, you say, do truth. I'll do truth. And upon doing truth, the Bible says that they receive light. So here's my point in laying that out for us. And it's this, that you can do truth, or make a confession unto salvation, and once again not understand everything, but because you purpose to use words to receive salvation, Jesus saves your soul. Amen. Track it with me. All right. So that means that if I can use my words and not completely understand everything and still receive the promise of God, then on the other side... I could also be using my words and not have understanding of just how significant my words are, but rather than giving God permission, my words can give access to the devil to my life because I'm ignorant. I'm still doing the truth or doing the principle of speaking the God way that God has designed me, but because I don't understand or value the significance of my words, it opens up the door to, to the enemy to come and wreak havoc in my life. Are you tracking with me? I said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And much of the access the, that the enemy has been given to steal and kill and to destroy is the ignorance that we have concerning our words. Amen? Amen. Now, I'll give you an example here. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself here, but I was thinking about this this morning and just uh, in light of the time of year that we're in. You know, this time of year, it always comes around where, you know, you have allergies and things like that, you know, or I I should say, you know, the the pollen and all that stuff affects you. And if I was to ask you to raise your hand, probably just about everybody in here would say, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. It just affects me. It's just part of kind of the 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 culture and the cyclical nature of our seasons but you know the doctors would come and they would like to diagnose and say to you well you've got allergies well you might be having an allergic reaction to things that are taking place but there's a difference between you saying yes I have allergies or there are things that are bothering my sinuses does that make sense In fact, I am one that during certain times of the year, the pollen or whatever else, I think it's the ragweed, that has a tendency to mess with me. But I refuse to say my allergies are acting up. Well, why am I being careful of the words that I'm saying? Because the moment I say my allergies, allergies i'm staking claim and saying i have something therefore the healing power of god cannot work because i've already staked claim to what i say that i have my allergies are acting up right now so you say well uh, well i'll get to this in a moment because people uh, again just get a little goofy when we talk about this kind of thing so what do i say in return my my response is is my sinuses might be bothering me a little bit but bless god this year it's going to be the best year ever my my sinuses are going to have less recourse and response to all the stuff in the air than last year and every year what i do i say this is going to be my best year ever now the enemy comes and he says well yeah but you know august is coming When August comes, that's when the ragweed comes. And that's when you really have the problems. That's really when you start struggling with it. That's even when you've been laid out in bed because you just are so messed up. Well, you know what? I got news for you, Mr. Devil. This year, my sinuses are going to respond to the healing power of God. And therefore, I'm not going to be subject to your report. Therefore, this year is going to be the best year ever. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you'll allow your words to shape your thinking, it will shape your expectation as to what's coming down the road. Amen. And so, therefore, you have to be intentional in the words in which you say. You know, I've shared this before. But, you know, we we talk about these things and the significance of your words. Do you realize that your words are like seeds? Because when you say words, it gets planted, and depending on how you continue to talk, you can cultivate and water the seeds that you sown. And before you know it, that thing starts to grow, and before you know it, that thing starts to produce fruit, and you've got a whole bunch of mess because of the words and the seeds that you started to sow. Well, I can remember when we were first married. I mean, man, we're in our 20s, and, you know, when you're twenties, you just act silly sometimes. And so, you know, when you get into those heated moments, you know, you say certain things and i can't remember i think uh, i'm gonna throw my, my it's my wife's fault that's what it was <laughs> no. but you know when we're talking here's one of the things that i said to my wife i said when we get into a conflict or get into an argument the word divorce will never come up into our conversations you say what do you mean well it's, we're not going to say things like this well why don't we just get a divorce then Why don't you just divorce me if you don't like me? Why did you marry me in the first place if you didn't like me so much? You know, just all those stupid things that you allow yourself to say. You say, well, why would you set that boundary right from the get-go? Because I refuse to establish seeds to be sown at the beginning of our marriage. And again, our marriage is not any different than yours. We have to work at it. There's conflict. There's things that you have to deal with. But if you'll purpose to cut the life source of seeds that are sown through the words of which you speak, you'll save yourself trouble down the road because I'm telling you that seeds that are sown will produce fruit if you don't guard your words. Amen? Well, I don't think I love you anymore. Well, do you realize that love is not a feeling? I said love is not, well, I think I fell out of love. Well, you never fell into love. You just chose to love. You might have fell into lust. Hello? I said, you might have fell into lust at the very get-go, but you made a choice to love. As you continue to move on, you have to continue to choose to love. Amen? And listen, I've given my wife ample opportunities to choose to keep on loving me. Amen? You have to choose. So for somebody to say, well, I just don't think I... Well, no, your words are creating emotions and feelings. You can turn that around. Well, how do you turn that around? Well, just act the way that you acted when you first started to hang out with one another. Your actions will change your thinking, and your thinking will change your talking. You mean, I just got to act like I got to love them? Yep, because you actually do. Well, I don't think it. No, you actually do. That's what happened when you first got married. You loved them. You chose to love them. You might get all bent out of shape, but just act like you do. Amen. Well, that was for free. You can send me your send me your checks for the marriage counseling. You know, send it to GVC Care of Pastor Tony. It's all right. <laughs> Amen. All right, you doing okay this morning? Amen. So as I was saying, you can do the truth either intentionally or ignorantly, but the principle of your words creating your vi- environment was the way that God originally made you in the factory. He said, I've made you to be like me. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. He says, the way that you'll primarily do that is through the words in which you speak. You'll be and act just like me. In fact, how many of you know that many prayers, many good prayers have been prayed, but then have been sabotaged by words, in which people have said we pray for healing lord in the name of jesus we plead the blood we thank you that by your stripes we're healed we give you praise and thanks for it and glory to god we're the healed of the lord amen Woo, glory to god and then five minutes later well man i'm just feeling like crud i feel like i'm gonna die i feel like i'm just gonna just kill over man i'm telling you i just feel like garbage well what did you do you just allowed your words to disqualify or void the warranty of the prayer that you just prayed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, our words are important. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 141, verse 3. Psalms 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Did you see what it said? It says, God, set a guard over my mouth, keep a watch of the door of my lips. Well, what does a guard do? A guard protects. A guard watches over, right? A guard will not allow certain access, right? And so the writer of the the book of Psalms is that God, help me guard my mouth. Put a guard on my mouth that that makes me conscious of the things that I've said. And then notice what it says at the very last part of that verse. It says, keep a watch over the door of my lips. Remember we said this, that your words open a door or give access to the enemy. Right here it says that your lips is the door. So once again, if you want to close the door, learn to talk right. Talk like God talks. Not doubting unbelief, not grumbling and complaining, not boo-hooing. But no, this is what the word of the Lord says. Put a guard on your lips. Praise God. Once again, we're purposing to close the door. Look at what it says here. And, well, let me say this. Let me just say a couple more things before I move on. The enemy knows that your words produce what they say. Remember I said the scripture says, He that does truth receives light. So, if you're just doing being a speaker or talking or using your voice, you're being a doer of the truth or in the original design of how God made you. And so, the enemy is just waiting for you to talk, he's just waiting for you to use wrong words. Have you ever had the lump or the bump in your body, and you feel it, and you're like, ooh, that don't feel good. And you start thinking about it. Maybe you started talking about it to somebody. Yeah, I got this bump in my, yeah, man, it hurts, man and before too long because you've talked about it and because you've told other people about it say, yeah i don't know what it is that's kind of concerning me you know it's been that way for about five days now man and it just seems like it's getting worse and man i don't know i'm getting a little nervous about that Uh, you know uh, i just don't know." and the moment you start expressing words of concern "I, i don't know about that i'm scared about that the devil says yep that's right you're scared about that you know why you're scared about that because that bump is a tumor And it's not a benign tumor, that's a tumor that's malignant and it's going to grow and it's going to grow all over. In fact, you're going to look like the elephant man by the time it's done with it. It's it's cancer and you're going to die. Right? Has anybody ever experienced that before? I think we all have. So your words give way for the enemy and the enemy lays wait for you to say incorrect words. And you might say you're getting real religious about that. No, God made you in a certain way, and the enemy knows that. Amen? In fact, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself in this. But God said that He created you in His image and His likeness, right? Now, you and I are the only created beings that were ever made in God's image or likeness. You are the only created things that have a voice that can speak according to your choice or your desire? Did you realize that angels do not speak according to what they want to say? They only say what they're told to say. Did you realize that the creation, animals, dogs, cats, cows, fish, birds, they don't have voices To articulate or communicate like you and I do, you and I are the only ones that were created to have a voice and to speak into existence the things that God says we can. Because we're created in His image and likeness. And you might say, well, yeah, but I thought that angels can speak. Yes, they can speak. But we have a story and a history lesson that there has been one angel that decided to use his voice and... Speak some things contrary to what he was told. He even goes on to say this He says, I will exalt my throne above your throne. You remember that one? You ever heard that story of that one angel? What happened to that one angel that chose to use his words and speak what he wanted to say? The Bible says that Jesus jerked him up and cast him out of heaven. Right? And so he sent him to earth. And then God's man came to the earth. And then he starts looking at man. And he says, He's made just like God and I have to be subject to him. What did he do? He says, well, maybe I can use his words against him. And what happened? Because of words that were spoken out of wrong thinking, man fell, Right? But oh thank God, it didn't just stop there. Jesus came and He redeemed mankind. And it says He redeemed us so that we could become sons of Him, or we have sonship again through the death barrel in the resurrection. So that what the enemy came to steal from us, use against us, Jesus came and redeemed us. And he says, now, I've made you just like me once again. He says, in fact, because I've risen from the grave, because you've used your words and received me into your life. He says, now, I've seated you with me at the right hand of the Father, far above all principalities and power. In fact, he's underneath your feet. Amen. How do you keep them there? You keep the enemy under your feet by the words in which you speak. But here's what he does. He sizes you up. I said he sizes you up. Do you realize that you can size up an opponent by watching them? To see their strengths and their weaknesses? You know, I was in martial arts for a lot of years. And when I was in my younger years, I had the privilege of training with the United States Olympic coach. And so as I'm training with him, he's telling us how we can size up our opponent. And he says to me, he says, hey, you come up here. He says, you come up here. And we were the black belts of our area there. So we came up and he says, I'm going to tell you within three seconds how you fight. I'm like, okay. He looks me over. He says, you're left-handed. And he says, you primarily are a kicker. And then my buddy that he called up, he says, you're right-handed and you are primarily a puncher rather than a kicker. Now, I could go into telling you all the ways in which he was able to do that, but I'm left-handed, and I was a kicker Or the way I fought. I primarily was a kicker when I fought. Well, how did he do that? He could size me up by looking at me, and there were certain tells as a result of how I fought as a competitor. So the devil is sizing you up all the time, and how he sizes you up is by the words in which you speak. Oh, they talk foolishly. Oh, they talk idle talk all the time. Oh, they talk the problem. They talk the grumble and complain. Oh, here they go, crying again. Woo-hoo-hoo, I got them. Or somebody that says, I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak truth, and therefore I'm going to have what God says I can have. Amen? You've got to be intentional to speak and say the right words. Say it with me. Put a guard on my mouth. All right, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. It says, those who guard their lips preserve their life. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Notice once again, it says, those who guard their lips, what's it do? It preserves their life. See, your, your words and your lips are important. Now, here's the thing. For many of us, or for many, they would say, oh, you know what? That's just putting me into bondage You're making it all about the rules You're all about the regulations Oh I gotta guard what I say I had a pastor Somewhat of a friend that was in the Flint area He was Somewhat successful But you know what He always made fun of The people that talked about the words in which you speak And he did that time and time again And you know what He ended up having several moral failures And eventually, he died. And I'm convinced it's because of the words that he spoke. Amen? We have to guard our lips. As I said, it is not a matter of getting into bondage. It's a matter of functioning the way that the factory manufacturer made us, and that is to speak words of faith and speak the way in which God originally designed us. Notice what it says here in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 26. It says, If anyone among you thinks his, he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Did you know the one scripture that says that there are those that have a form of godliness but deny the power? Meaning, in other words, they, they look like a Christian, they talk like a Christian, or they go to church from time to time. They have a form of religion, but they deny the power. How do you deny the power? You deny the power when you don't choose to talk correctly. Notice what it says. He says, The individual that doesn't take control of the words in which they speak, their religion, what's it say? Is useless or powerless. How many believers have you come in contact with and they are defeated? I mean, every time you talk to them, oh, dear God, here goes the sad story. And, and after a while, you just feel dirty talking to because He's like, dear God, act like you know Jesus. Amen? And I don't say that to be cruel or be harsh. I'm just saying we have to learn how to talk correctly. You realize learning how to talk correctly is something that is passed down from generation to generation. All right. James or I'm sorry. Turn to uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. The devil does not want you to know the power of your words. This is the one thing that he is scared to death that you find out. That your words actually have creative power about them. Why is that? Because he don't want you to discover that you were created in God's image. And therefore, you can function just like Him. Amen. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11. says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher uh, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Many times we stop right there. And that's a good scripture just in itself. But notice the Bible says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. Well, God doesn't tell us that and not tell us what His ways or His thoughts are. Let's continue to read. It says, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and does not return there, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread for the eater, or to the eater, so shall my words be that goes forth from my mouth, It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. God sends his words. God spoke, and when God spoke, he expects it to come back with the answer that he sent it to perform. Amen? And he says, now you, you act like me. My ways are different than your ways. They're higher. So don't pull me down on your ways. You come up to my ways because that's how you were created. Learn to talk. Learn to speak correctly. And therefore, it will prosper if you'll learn to send your words. It'll come back not being void. Amen. So listen, we've, my wife and I, we've been doing some personal things or some personal projects that we're working on. And we have had opposition from the enemy on this way and that way and mistakes that have been made and causing red tape and red flags and just all kinds of crud that is just like, dear God. And it almost just makes you want to sit down and give up and say, well, what in the world? Let's just forget this whole thing because it's just too much trouble. But rather than doing that, we started speaking to it. God, we thank you that you're moving on our behalf and that God, the favor of God is working and that it will come out to our blessing and our increase. Well, it took a lot of fortitude and a lot of just tenacity to keep going. But we refuse to allow our words to hook up in a negative way. To shortcut or undercut the power of God that's working on our behalf. Our words are working. We're sending our words to perform. And it's going to bring in the harvest that we believe. Amen. You'll have to choose to believe. Amen. You know, are you doing okay? Are you about ready to sing prophesy? Are you ready? Come on. Uh, let, we ought to just get ready to let it rip. It's Memorial Weekend. It's Freedom Celebration time, right? God's why don't you come on up and get ready. And just as they're getting ready, let me just finish with this. There's, there's more that I could share with you. Or actually wanted to share with you, this time ran out. So get the book, buy the book. <laughs> Amen. You know, a few weeks ago, I went fishing with my dad and, and my son, and we went to, uh, or, or, or we went fishing. Didn't have any luck. We're pulling the boat out, and as we're pulling the boat out, or getting it hooked under the trailer. There's another gentleman that is waiting over here to to pull in and, and get his boat undone. So I pulled the boat up and we start tying down the boat. And we're in the boat launch or the boat tie down area. Well, as he's seeing me there or he's still waiting. So I jumped in the vehicle and I pulled up probably another 10 feet. And and I'm in the area that's called the boat tie-down area. The sign is right next to my vehicle. So this guy pulls around and tries to back up, and he's having trouble. Well, the reason is, is he just didn't pull up far enough. And so because he's frustrated, he takes out his frustration on me, and he starts ripping into me and cussing me out. And I'm telling you what, there's just something on the inside of me that when I just hear people just talk ignorantly, it just really gets under my skin. And then when you start cursing at me, using the F word and all that, oh, it just really lights me up. And so I'm thinking as he's cussing me out, I'm thinking, you uneducated backwoods redneck, you talking to me that way, (laughs) you know? And so I just said, I'm in the tie-down area. But when I said it, man, I'm telling you, something came up from my toes. And I'm like, ooh. Well, then he starts going at me again. And I said, the sign's right there. Read the sign." And that's all I said and he continues to cuss me out and I just kind of and we got in the car and started driving away now I'm telling you this I I don't know if I just didn't spend time with Jesus that morning I don't know but there was something that rose up on the inside of me that I have not felt in a long time. I said very few words. I didn't cuss at the man. I just said what I told you. But I'm telling you, there was something on the inside of me that came out. And I don't know how I sounded. Maybe I just sounded civil. I don't know. Maybe I sounded like a fool. But nevertheless, we got in the car driving away. And it was kind of like I almost forgot that my son was there right now. I mean, I'm just kind of like ready to go. And then my son asked me the question. He says, Dad, what was that all about? And then I started to realize my son saw me do that. And my son saw that interaction. Now, what I would like to have done was said, you know what? Well, that stupid jerk and acted, and it was all his fault, and blah blah blah. And I just simply said, you know what, son? I said I should have just shut up. I could have played the macho bravado and taught him to think and act a different way. But I said, son, I, I you know what? I should have just said nothing. I, I was in the wrong. Why? Because I don't want to teach him the wrong way and the wrong way to respond amen and you might find it difficult at times and like i said i just I, it really shook me i'm, I'm gonna be real honest with you the way that i felt on the inside it shook me because there was kind of like this vibration going on in my body <laughs> I'm like i don't like that feeling right now you know when you get that way you just don't know what you i don't know it has never felt that way in a long time so anyways i just said god we got to talk right. Amen? Let's stand. Jesus said this. He said, when you face a fig tree, when you face a mountain, prophesy. Or in other words, talk to it. What are you talking? Are you just saying your words? Oh, hey, I'm Mr. So-and-so. Just wanted to tell you, Mr. Tree, Mr. Mountain. I just, If you just so kindly just leave and just, you know, not bother me, I'd appreciate it. No, what are you saying? You're not using your words. When you speak to the mountain, you let that trembling, that thing that rises up from your toes come out of your mouth and says, "Here's the word of the Lord. The mountain might be cancer. Let it bubble up on the inside. By His stripes, I am healed in Jesus' name. Devil, I plead the blood, and you're defeated. Amen. I've got the victory in Jesus' name. Learn to prophesy. Speak to your mountains. Have a factory reset moment where you act the way that God made you. And you'll find that you have life and life more abundantly. Amen.
0: Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're gonna see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're gonna allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info, or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church loving God, loving people, loving life.